Look at my butt. Show number 276 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. For once, listeners, technology is our friend. Oh, good, because I couldn't take one more non-friend thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back with another podcast. And as our good friend Mike Sterling pointed out just to me uh, today, you guys are cranking them out. And I said, yes, we're using our quarantine time wisely. Right, because what could be more important? It's true. It's given us time to do some media consumption and to read some think pieces and talk about them. So we're bringing that to you, courtesy of our, our wonderful podcast. And um, it's coming all this, you know, uh, doing all this podcasting. Another reason we're able to do it is right now there is so much news from Bill and the Trek world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're all afraid of losing our attention. (laughs) (laughs) So they're just throwing articles out there. And, you know, so there's you're right. There is a lot to consume. This is true. That's an excellent point. I hadn't really thought about that. But you're right. Everybody's doing everything in the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry to to stay active and stay in front of people's eyes. And I think it's great. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, well, you know, if you can find all the stuff you like, that's okay. Yeah. So number one piece of news is that, as you had mentioned in the last show, Bill's doing another virtual con, another Galaxy Con. I didn't realize that they were a brand like Creation Con. Well, I guess they are. Yeah. And that will be on July 11th. And it start. It's like the other one, right? It's eleven o'clock. Uh, sorry, noon Eastern, which means it's nine Pacific. And he's going to talk for an hour. And I'm guessing it's going to be pretty much the same as last time, format-wise. Um, well, I wanted to make sure our listeners are aware of one thing. Yes. Now, remember last time I got us a coupon, and so we were able to get free admission for mm-hmm. whatever yeah well now that low level where you know you can you can log in you can hear it and you can you know type comments or questions in the in that area they're all free mm. so no excuses if you want to ha- get an autograph or a private one-on-one with bill or any of those things they're very pricey mm-hmm. but to just be part of it and, and you know if you've never seen bill live this is like oh. One gazillionth of the the energy he has when, you know, there's a room full of people loving him and cheering Mm -hmm. him on. But it is really fun. It is. And and I think he's doing great to adapt to the new format. I Mm -hmm. think the last time he he was a little unsure of what it was going to be like. But now that he's done it and he's had the experience and he said that he really enjoyed it, I think the next one will be better. He'll be Mm -hmm. a little better prepared for what they do. Uh, but I think everybody should go and sign up for it. It's, God, it's free. You might as well do it. Right. And when you sign up and get that for your free ticket, they send you an email saying, here's your admission code. So it's not like you buy the ticket and then you sign up and then you do this. If you hang on to that email, you're going to be fine. So we will post it uh, in the show notes, a link. But I think we'll also make a separate post on Facebook in case people don't catch it in the notes where you right. can go. Right. Good and, and, thinking. Yeah. Good thinking. So yes. that's great. So yeah, well, so we'll see you there. And if you do end up going, think of a question for Bill because yes. as, as we showed last time, you know, a good question will get a good response because the moderator is looking for good questions. So they're not going to pick things like, what's your favorite Star Trek episode or anything like that. <laughs> they're going to be looking for more interesting interesting, in-depth questions that maybe Bill hasn't answered very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he really likes the questions about acting. I, I think that that 
is exciting to him to get to talk well, about Well, and I think he really likes the questions about things going on um, at this time. So, like, one of the things I think you could ask him is um, what got him hooked on Outlander and has he read the books? Because he live tweets that like mad and he's really good friends with the two leads now. So I'm just wondering, you know, of all the things he could be watching and live tweeting, why is why is that one? Yeah, for sure. That that would be a very good question. Well, I'm going to give it some thought and see if I can come up with something good. Yeah. Okay. So that's some news. Uh, the other news is not news news, but there was an article in uh, Trek Corps about Picard season two. They're not really giving <laughs> anything away, but they're saying that they're excited about it. They're writing it now. They're trying to come up with some new ideas, but they're also trying to figure out who's going to come back from season one, aside from the core cast. And they're definitely exploring the idea of having uh, Brent Spiner come back as the mm-hmm. character he played, son of um, Dr. Sung. So that could be very interesting. And they're going to explore more of the Federation as we saw it in Picard, the not-so-perfect Federation that has mm-hmm. made mistakes and that they're going to try to fix some of them and see what it all looks like. Possibly Jonathan Frakes returning as um, Big Will Riker, which would be wonderful. I Well, think. he has had several, or in a couple of different articles, he has said, you know, he was a little worried about doing it, is this a good idea? But the minute he started doing it, he said, it was great. And of course, he loves directing these things, mm-hmm. but he found he really enjoyed playing that role again. Yeah. So they say he'll definitely be directing, and he hopes that he will be back as an actor. I love Jonathan Frakes because when he's quoted about this, he says, um, it was wonderful to have Jerry Ryan on the show and Brent Spiner and Jonathan Del Arco. I can't wait to get back with Sir Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just I think that that is his way of teasing him in public interviews, and I just yes, because I would so hate funny. to think that when they're together or on set or whatever, <laughs> that he's call, that he's still calling him Sir Patrick. Sir Patrick. You know. Well, maybe he does as just a way to keep him in line. You know. Not Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. So he's he's great. He's very awesome. I I have been watching more of TNG when it's on whatever it's on not netflix but heroes and icons or whatever and i just i love him being tall i just notice it so much because (laughs) he he pointed it out to you (laughs) i was mostly tall and he is and he continues to be tall it's so good 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 i'm glad he's keeping that up oh so (laughs) funny Okay, uh, let's see. We watched a thing. We we together watched a thing, which sort of worked and sort of didn't. And we had posted it on the Facebook page, and so we don't know if any of you watched it, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about it. Yeah, and if you did watch it, we would love to know what you thought, because we Mm -hmm. have our own thoughts. So it was called Scripts Gone Wild, and it was a collection of actors and writers and voiceover artists who basically read a script and they've been doing several of these right there was one for mommy dearest it started before the pandemic so it's a thing and of course they're all doing it on zoom or something so you get the screen with everybody's Mm -hmm. individual things and a couple people wore costumes and they they read uh trouble of tribbles and then they also read miri although we didn't watch miri because two hours is a long time to be sitting at your computer watching this stuff. right and you know my opinion it was fun it was okay um yeah a lot of it was boring mm-hmm. and you left out one of the key features 
which is they have certain key words that whenever oh, yes. somebody in the script has to say it, like Klingons, they all have to drink. Yeah. And so they're getting, you know, drunker as they do this. And God knows what would happen if they did Miri right after that. But this may just be me. It reminded me kind of of drunk history. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people, you know, play drunk for a role and it's staged to be very funny and entertaining. And I'm fine with that. But people actually getting drunk are not very funny no. at all. No, and not I watched like one and a half episodes of Drunk History and I went, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's not entertaining to me. No, it's fun when you're drinking with people. It's really yeah, not when fun. you're in on it. Yeah, yeah, to be the sober one and everybody else is drunk. So yes, you're right. I forgot to mention that, and that was a crucial part of what they were doing. It seemed like it was a lot of fun to be doing it. It wasn't yes. as much fun to be watching it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that bothered me about it, well, two things. One is that, as you correctly pointed out, they were using the shooting script, which had stuff in it that was not actually in the broadcast episode, some lines mm-hmm. that had been cut, little bits here and there. And that was weird and jarring. Like, yes. <laughs> when, especially when you know an episode so well and you're like, wait, I don't remember that. What? Mm-hmm. So that was strange. And then to me, it seemed woefully under-rehearsed. And like they were seeing the script for the first time. Pretty much. And clearly some of those people were fans and they did know the script. So that Mm -hmm. was fine. But then there were other people who seemed like they weren't Star Trek fans and that's fine. But they didn't really get the flow and what the characters were supposed to be doing. And also Mm -hmm. a lot of stumbling over uh, the names of some of the characters and the names of, you know, like Denebian Slime Devil was wrong. And yeah, very. And Again, as a fan, you're like, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So that bugged me, and maybe that was just me. So I feel like if you're going to do that kind of thing for a public performance, you kind of owe it to your audience to be a little better prepared, maybe. Yeah. But you know, when you think of it, um, you and I have gone and done and seen a lot of Trek-related things, Mm. knowing very little about them. And they could turn out to just be dreadful. Yes. (laughs) And we have been really lucky with the stuff we've gone to. Like, Mm. I think of the um, collected works of William Shatner, Abridged, that we saw in uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And, you know, some of the other things that, that we've been able to do... That have turned out great. So I'd say our, our record is a very good one. And every now and then you're going to hit kind of a lemon. But we love that there are people who are enthusiastic about these things and are keeping the whole Star Trek fan involvement stuff mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, you yeah. know. I was glad that they chose it. I'm glad that they did it. Uh, it. It's on there. So you can go and watch it any old time. And it's look it up on YouTube. It's called Scripts Gone Wild. And they did the two Trek episodes back to back. So it's two hours. And right. you can watch the first or watch the second or watch both of them. But if you do watch it, I think I'd, I'd like to, to know. I, I did want to say and I think I've talked about this before, back in January when we were able to leave our houses and go places. (laughs) You remember that, the before time. Oh, let's talk about the before time. Yeah, we've got to talk about the before time because I do love that expression. It's great. Uh, Yeah, when we were able to go to places and enjoy them, I had gone to San Francisco Sketch Fest to see a live read-through of 
the the Plan 9 from Outer Space script, widely considered to be the worst science fiction mm-hmm. movie ever made. And it was all professional actors, including Jeffrey Combs, who was in Deep Space Nine and Voyager and various other things, and um, some of the people from Mystery Science Theater. So a bunch of pros. It had clearly been very well rehearsed. And the thing I most appreciated about it was that each of the actors took the time to create a character for mm. the character. And in most yes. cases, that was not the character in the movie. It was just them go looking like you would as an actor. You'd go to the script mm-hmm. and you go, okay, who is this person? Right. And making all kinds of amazing comedy out of that rather than the words that were written in the script. And it was so funny. It was hilariously funny. Oh, I'm I, jealous. <laughs> I hope that they release it because Sketchfest has been putting stuff online mm-hmm. um, that you can rent for like a week. Some of the panels mm, and some of the okay. other things. It'd be great if they did that. But oh my God, it was so, so good. And that to me was just the primo example of taking an old piece of uh, media and repurposing it and bringing something new to it in a way yes. that, that just transformed it in a way that this was not quite there. But that's yeah, okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's quite all right. Yeah. So speaking of the before time, um, <laughs> if anybody here reads the Wall Street Journal, there is a column written by um, my good friend Ben Zimmer, who's also a linguist, and he writes about language and he often writes about phrases that kind of come up in popular parlance and where do they come from? So mm-hmm. this week he wrote about the phrase, the before time. <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely loved. I was like, well, I use that and I use it um, not just when I'm talking to you or, or Trekkie people. Mm. I've used it at work, you mm-hmm. know, it's, everybody knows what it means. Yeah, it's great. And I, yes, I've used it for years and years and years. So he points out that it actually is a phrase that's probably been around there in middle English. There's actually a word that's before time or before times. So meaning something that happened in the past, which is kind of cool, like a little bit of English that we don't use anymore. Is there a Middle English for um, that was before three months later? <laughs> there might be. I'd have because to look that that's practically up. Middle English. It is. It really is. <laughs> so in modern English, not used so much, but he <laughs> points out that, um, here, let me find it right here. Uh we likely owe the before time label to an episode of the original Star Trek. Star Trek! Yay! Broadcast in 1966, in which the crew of the Enterprise encounter a planet populated by children who survive a man-made plague. A young girl named Miri, who's also whose name also serves as the title of the episode, explain how the planet's grown-ups, known as Grups, disappeared. Quote, that was when they started to get sick in the before time. We hid, then they were gone. And I think that that's where it comes from in in modern usage, you know, oh, whatever absolutely. went before. It's from that episode. And I, uh-huh. I must say, big kudos to the Wall Street Journal editors, because this article is illustrated by, of course, a still from that episode of Miri featuring your hero and mine, Captain Kirk, William Shatner, looking Yay. very, very handsome indeed. So, Oh, good. You know, when you want those clicks, you got to put a picture of Bill you up gotta there. you got to put and... the good picture there because most people are illiterate now. That's right. So, so you see a picture of Bill. Not like in the before time when people could read. <laughs> <laughs> There's Bill, click through. And so yep. that was awesome. So that, that delighted me. I was just like, yay. And then yay. seeing the picture of Bill there was like, of course, yes, they had to do it. Yep. And, you know, Mary is an episode I like a lot. And mm. so if you decide to go watch it, one of the things I just really want you to watch for, because I laughed so hard at it, is when Kirk is in the schoolroom 
with all the kids and the, the little leader kid is standing on the desk. And Kirk goes up there and he picks up that kid and he hurls him <laughs> across the room. There is nothing gentle about that movement. And I'm just picturing the stage mother on the set going, <gasps> you know, but it just cracks me up. He's a method actor, man. He's into it. He's, doing, <laughs> he's living it. He's, you know, he, he is, is Kirk. In that moment, he's absolutely And Kirk doing. is annoyed. <laughs> Get out of here, you little bastard. Yep. Oh, God, so funny. Okay, that is great. So um, let's talk about Bill. You remember Bill, Bill Shatner. Yes. He's the one we talk about a lot. He's still going strong. Oh, my God. He's doing so many things. He's uh, arguing with people on Twitter. He's, <laughs> But you know what? He's arguing with people in a good way now. He, he uh, is arguing on the side of good. He's been... <laughs> telling people to shut up and wear a mask which i think is great yes you know wear a goddamn mask because you need to and um he was very not very he was being vocal about the um, black lives matter demonstrations Mm -hmm. that were taking place across the country which i thought was really good and being very supportive of diversity and fairness and all that stuff so i felt like that was great it was nice to see him do that very good so I uh, wanted to talk about this article that appeared in a, a terrible, what is this thing called? It's a newspaper in England that's called The Independent. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, but that's okay. And <laughs> the article is called, it, it's actually headlined, William Shatner says he uses, quote, magical cannabinoids to treat <laughs> aches and pains. The actor uses THC and CBD to soothe swollen joints. This is from uh, Monday, 8th of June, 2020. So I will read the beginning of it. It says, William Shatner has said he uses cannabis for medical reasons. The 89-year-old actor said that he has been taking cannabis extracts such as CBD and THC to help manage pain and swelling in his joints. Speaking to the PA news agency, the Star Trek star said, quote, I've got some aches and pains I didn't have a few years ago, but I'm finding out there are many things that help aches and pains that we didn't know about just a few years ago. He continues, well, THC and CBD and that kind of thing, it's magical. I've had swollen joints where it hurts. You rub some on and when you're rubbing it in, the pain disappears. It's magical. I believe that. And then. Not the magical part, but, <laughs> but that, you know, that it would help sure. with aches and pains. Yeah, so that's it. That's that's the only part that uh, is really about Bill. Um, so it goes on a little bit further to talk about some other uh, media stars who have used cannabis, which at this point is probably most of them. Um, <laughs> and so this article continues. Shatner is not the first celebrity to open up about using cannabis extracts. In 2019, actor Olivia Newton-John revealed that she has been taking medical cannabis to help her cope with the pain she experiences as a result of breast cancer. So for people who didn't know, um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 92, and then she it came back in 2013. Uh-huh. But she's gotten through it both times, Good which is amazing. She continues to have treatment, um, you know, not clear what's going to happen, but she clearly is suffering a lot of the side effects from not yeah. just the cancer, but the chemotherapy and all the rest of it. So all of that. So that's the article. And of course, when Bill's name is in an article, it gets picked up in all sorts of places. Of course, like our podcast. Like our podcast. So there's on Twitter, there's a doctor. And this doctor's name is Dr. Minas Chrysopolo. I've okay. never heard of him before. I don't know what kind of doctor he is. 
Um, let's see, what does it say about his bio? He does plastic surgery and breast reconstruction and stuff. He's got 43,000 followers. Okay. So he tweet. there's a picture of Bill that he tweets and it says, did you know actor William Shatner quietly battled breast cancer for years? Stigma often keeps men from speaking up about the disease. What? That's what I said. I was like, uh? So he provides a link and you look at the link and it goes to an article at some website called SurvivorNet, which basically says the thing that he was saying. And then you read a little bit into it and it says, according to The Independent, Shatner was initially diagnosed with breast cancer in 1992 and went into remission until 2013. So, uh, but isn't that um, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John's? Yes, it is. That's her story. So this That's is a his... loop. Yeah, They're looping back and forth. Oh my god! So whoever I don't, I mean, maybe it's not even people who put these articles together. It's like some AI that pulled uh-huh. things, but they completely conflated what Bill said with <sighs> Olivia Newton-John's story, and then that became the headline. And then this doctor tweeted it out, and I had people emailing it to me, going, "What's this about?" And I was like. Nothing. <laughs> it's, it, it is nothing. Yes. It is literally not true. Oh, so my God. That was very weird. So I tweeted back to this doctor and I said, um, not true. Please read the article. He didn't get back to me. Whatever. Oh. I, I don't care. <laughs> but uh, just telling everybody, if you ever see this anywhere, it's totally not true. So don't worry about it. Bill's right. never had breast cancer. Uh, um, this so, is the first time I've ever heard of Bill being confused with Olivia Newton-John. They don't really look alike. No, um, and a totally different set of talents. Yeah, and not, not <laughs> even from the same continent, even. So Really? Oh, so stupid. So, you sloppy, know, I, I think I said to, to you, or I, I said it to someone else, that, you know, it's funny that um, this whole story about Bill and the belly dancer was that on their first date, they were, like, smoking pot together. And yes. I was like, oh, now he's 89 and he's back to it. I wonder if he's been smoking pot all along. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, especially since, you know, it was like decriminalized and it's like, yeah. you got some pot? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, I think a lot of people who maybe had, had stopped doing it or cut back on it are like, hey, all I, right, I'm old and I'm going to do this. Yes. You know. So anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting, weird rabbit hole that you go <laughs> down sometimes when you're trying to find things. Uh, well, actually- kudos to you for doing that for us. <laughs> I actually tried to find the thing that this was sourced from because this article that I read has a quote and it says, speaking to the PA news agency, and I could not find that article. So I Googled it and I looked. And so I don't know if that was like a private press release or something, but I, I couldn't find the original source for his comments and to see if there was anything else of interest in what he was saying. Now, you and I both read an article that he um, talked talked in recently where he said he gave up that stem cell thing, which yes. made me really happy because that yes, is because it wasn't doing the, anything. No, is what he said. It's the worst kind of quackery, you know. It's like mm-hmm. endangering your life with this unproven treatment. So I'm yep. glad he stopped that, but I don't know. So. There you go. Um, if anybody does know where this came from, whatever the PA news agency is. I was the... just going to ask you, is it a typo and it's supposed to be AP? Because if it oh, was AP, it would have gotten more play. That's true. Yeah, you'd think that you would have found this in lots of other places. So I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, that's what's happening there. So 
we, we salute you, Bill, and your CBD and your THC, and we hope that it's making you feel better. And maybe that's why he's not getting into so many fights with people on Twitter is that he's just a little more mellow. Which no, that could be, but yeah, good for him because it's good, you know, that there's something like that that, that works and it sounds yeah. like it's easy to use. Yeah. and all good. All yeah. good. All right. And doesn't have the side effects that pain medication can have. That's true. You know? Yeah. Its side effects are kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you'll sleep better too, which is yeah. also good. Yeah. Hey, let's take a little break. Let's do it. And then we have a bunch of articles to talk about, and you're going to give us a review. That's right. Yes. All right. So we'll lots right to look forward to. Right back. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. Okay, we're back. We are. Now, um, I had seen on TV several like commercials, and maybe you all saw them, for the show, uh, science fiction show, Legends of Tomorrow, in which the characters were in Star Trek uniforms. And I went, okay, I'm going to watch this. So I set it to record, and I did watch it. Now, here's the thing. I knew nothing about this show. <laughs> And I love I kept, that you watched it not knowing anything about the show. It's great. I kept it that way because I was partially curious to see what would happen if I could follow it, if I could pick up on what's going on. And if not, was it my fault? Was it their fault? Anyway, <laughs> but um, I want to read you the little premise, which I just now looked up. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. Okay, Rip Hunter, a member of the Time Masters, an organization tasked with protecting the timeline, goes rogue after Vandal Savage, what a name, <laughs> murders his family. Even uh -huh. Dickens would not dare use a name like that. Okay. <laughs> Intending to stop him, Hunter recruits a team of legends consisting of, and he gives all their names, I'm skipping them. Season one sees the team confronting Savage, as well as the Time Masters. The team destroys the organization, though they lose, now I love this, snart and rip that's in the right. process. Mm -hmm. Okay? that That's the premise of the show. Now, the one I watched was just on a couple of weeks ago, so we're definitely out of season one. And I got to tell you, I was kind of running through my mind what I remembered of the show, uh -huh. and I thought, this is going to sound a lot like a book report from a kid who didn't read the book and is kind of faking it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Okay. So it starts out in this, um, this very 1984 gray place where everybody has, and apparently not the heroes that people were seeing are just people, you know, 
um, everybody has their, their role, what they do, and you, you do the role, and you go home, and you eat a different color of mush, and you watch television. And this is, this is delightful. Well, so the, this um, young woman is watching, I don't know, like her favorite show. And so we see the show, and the show is like Friends. And this is how out of it I am. It took me quite a while to figure out that was supposed to be Friends. So, um, and in this thing that we're watching, there are two women and a guy. No, two guys and a woman. Sorry. Okay. And they apparently are members of the Legends, but they're trapped in this sitcom. Oh. And the one woman, who's apparently smarter than the rest, is figuring out this isn't right. She can hear the um, the laugh track. And she oh. goes, what is that? And, and then the guys go, what? You know. But anyway, so she figures out what's going on and, and is saying things that don't fit in with that TV show. And so the woman watching it is going, what is going on? And she quick calls another friend, a guy who comes to watch it with her. And he goes, oh, good. I love this show. She goes, no, you got to watch it. It's freaky. So the smart one finds a door they go through and they end up in something like Downton Abbey. <laughs> which I caught on to right away. Mm-hmm. And here it's called something like Upton Abbey, okay? <laughs> and um, it's... Sorry. Now there are more Legends characters there. And one is um, a young woman who, I don't know her history, but she talks an awful lot about her mother, who she lost. But in this, she's got a mother. And the evil guy, whoever he is in real Legends, is the butler. Oh. And he's quite nice. And the smart one is there, and she tells him what's going on and how it's it's not happening the way it's supposed to, and we need to get all the others and um and get out of here. And so the the one who's now got a mother, once she's clued into what's going on, realizes this isn't real, that isn't her real mother. She's like, I want to stay here because at least here I have a mother. And the smart one, fig- you know, talks her out of it. Somehow they go through another door or something, and they end up on a show called Star Trip. (laughs) Okay. I like it. I cannot remember the name of their their ship, but it wasn't anything like Enterprise. So there's two smart women, and on this ship, they are co-captains. And uh, I think in the Legends, they are like co-leaders. Yes, correct. And they might also be in a romance together. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. So they are suddenly, they come upon, oh, the other fun thing is the women are wearing TOS uniforms, but they are wearing trousers and oh. the men are in super short shorts. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Great. So they come upon while they're out in space, the Gromulans with a G. <laughs> And so the, the captains and the captain of the Gromulans start arguing and everything. And, um, and they say, well, we're obviously supposed to, to attack each other and die, but let's not do it. Let's not do whatever this program or whatever it is, what it wants. And then one of them goes, no, let's do it because that might be what gets us out of here. And so they all fire on each other. And, um, so they get out of there. Now, for a second, we go back to the, the gray 1984 universe. And the, the girl and the guy watching it are going, this is completely wrong. We have got to go to whatever it is. It's basically the head of the TV headquarters. Uh-huh. 
And so they go there and they go, there's nobody here. The scripts are being written automatically. And, but they're not saying what they're supposed to. And they can see the scripts being written and everything. What are we going to do? And then a woman shows up, is in charge of everything. She's like, don't touch that. Okay. So now we get back. They're out of um, Star Trek. Oh, no. We stay with the, the gray thing, I think, for a while, the gray place. And she's saying, you can't can't do it. And they go, but we have to. And they go to the machine where the dialogue is coming out. And they start typing things like, the legends figure it out and everything is as it's <laughs> supposed to be. Right. So then they, they pop quickly back through um, Star Trek and up to Nabby. And it's called um, Best Buds is the friend's one. <laughs> And then they're suddenly like in this big open like um, set. Uh, 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 what do you call those? Like the movie theaters have. I mean, the movie companies. Uh, like um, a location? Well, or ba- well no, a it's, not, well, it, it's the big, you know, thing where they set up all their things and film. So they're in a big open one of those, and they're all like, "Oh, we made it back, and now we found out we can be friends with the evil guy." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna." I'm going to be cool now. And uh, the last, and they all go off laughing and being happy. And the last thing we see is back in gray world, which we don't know what it is, um, are the two people who change it going, yay, this is wonderful. And the woman goes, no, it's not. It's the worst thing that could ever happen. And they go, but why? And she goes, because now I have to kill them. Oh. End of episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, my thoughts. Have you ever watched the, um, the sitcoms? I don't know if they're still on, but 10 years ago they were on the Disney Channel for that are about like teenagers who live on a luxury ship or teenagers oh, who... Oh, yes. Okay. I, I have watched those things. Yes, I okay. have. Okay. I you know, ended up watching them while babysitting nieces. Um, this was at that level. From what I was seeing, I thought the writing was at that level. The, the uh, cinematography, the way it was filmed, looked like it. And the acting was at that level. And as I was watching it, I was going, how old are these actors? How old are they supposed to be? Because I got the feeling maybe they're supposed to be teenagers, like on Disney. But the actors were all looking like they were in their 30s, possibly mm-hmm. 40s, if they've taken care of themselves. And finally, one of them said he was 37. But mm-hmm. it's like, but some of them still look really young and... So that was, that was strange. And now that I think about it, the whole thing was like a dream because mm. nothing made sense. Mm-hmm. This is often the case with Legends of Tomorrow. Is it? Okay. <laughs> um, so just to give you a little bit of backstory, that little um, synopsis that you read, mm-hmm. that was just the first season. Right. And they said that. Yeah. And things went way off the rails after that. So... <laughs> The premise of, of Legends of Tomorrow, basically, it's a comedy. So it's it's like comedy science fiction. It was from comic books. So that explains a lot of the tone right there. And that's okay. why the names are so crazy when you get people named Vandal Savage and things like that. <laughs> so the names are funny. And then when they do these parodies, they've done many, many, many parodies of different shows and different books and all sorts of things through the history of the show. Oh, okay. Um, the basic premise now is that they have this a ship that can 
travel, it's a TARDIS. They can travel through time and through space and they can go to different places and different dimensions. So they've encountered lots of real historical figures over time. And sometimes it's good. They met um, J.R.R. Tolkien in one of the episodes. Oh. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's, there's a lot of um, stuff that happens in it and there's always new villains and the, it's a big cast as you saw so people kind of mm-hmm. come and go now as i said i haven't watched it in a while so i don't know like who's still on the ship and who's still on the show mm-hmm. but um there was also a lot of crossover with the other superhero shows that are on the cw so arrow and the flash and um there's none of other. which i've watched <laughs> and and soup girl so <laughs> Those things are all part of the same universe. So anytime that they, they do this kind of making fun of media thing, it tends to be super broad. And I see why you, you compare it to those shows. It's sort of meant to be like that. Oh, wow. Um, I figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's all like very weirdly broad and artificial and very dreamlike in some cases where you're mm-hmm. never quite sure what's happening and they've explored different timelines. So sometimes you're never sure, like, is this really happening or not or what's going on here? So I have much enjoyed that show in the past. And it's, it, I, I mean... They've now gotten around to doing the Star Trek parody, so that's mm-hmm. that's very interesting. And and I like, uh, I was just looking online at some photographs of the cast in those uniforms, and um, the women look pretty good in those uniforms. I yeah. have to say. And I the the names of the shows though, Best Buds is just so funny. I mean, it's yeah. like and Star what, Trip. Star like Trip. <laughs> oh. Really, really very good. So that's interesting. I am I want to get back into watching it again, but I've got now like years of it to catch up on before I can get to this point. Um, but funny, very funny. Okay. Well, listeners, if any of you are, are watchers of uh, Legends of Tomorrow or if you watched that episode, please let us know you can tell me how badly i screwed up this whole synopsis but again you know it was it was like a dream and it was also like a very bad book report so um that's my little thing on legends of tomorrow they did have some clever in jokes you know like gromulans mm-hmm. and the thing that the men were in really short tight shorts was oh, pretty I love it. funny it's so great. you know it wasn't without its merits I, I love those two things. I think they're very, very, very funny. Oh, okay, good. Well, thanks for that. That was good to know. Um, speaking of Star Trek, which is a show that we both really like. Yes. There's an article here that was in uh, thethings.com, some media outlet that I never heard of before. And it's called Star Trek colon. Here's what William Shatner's time as Captain James T. Kirk was like. And this article has... Uh, you know, we were just saying that the Wall Street Journal made the correct decision to put a big picture of yes. Bill. This has three pictures of Bill. And they're good ones. <laughs> they're really good ones. The first is him in his uh, Mirror Universe vest. The second one is probably from, I don't know, Balance of Terror because he's I got was thinking e- that too. extreme Kirk light happening. Mm-hmm. And then the third one looks like it's from maybe Trouble with Tribbles because he's wearing the uh, green wraparound. Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he looks really good. Yes. Now, this article is weird. Uh, it's good. But they they chose to do a list, of course, because most of these articles are listicles. Why did they pick 17? What's up with that number? I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, 17. Just, what, couldn't make it to 20? I guess not. 
um, you know, 15. And they were like, oh, we can't not do these last two. We got to miss. What? It's very strange. So um, I don't think we need to go through all of them. but No, but certainly... you're going to have to be the lead on this because my uh, browser just froze. Okay. Well, most of these things are things we knew. I don't yes. think there was any kind of new information. I will give them also a huge amount of credit for illustrating each of the 17 items with a, a different picture from Star Trek. Yeah, so that's, that's good, good. You know, the more bill, the better that you can put into it. Um, some of these things, I think they're taking some liberties with. So example, number 16 says he hated the uniform. The text says, Kirk's golden captain shirt may be an iconic uniform for cosplayers, but don't expect to see Shatner wearing it again. Okay, full <laughs> stop. He was never going to wear it again. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a thing that was going to happen. He wasn't going to take it home. No. You know? <laughs> uh, no. Um, it says, it goes on to say, as it happened, the shirts were green on set, but appeared gold on camera. Shatner also disliked how tight they were. It's hard to move around freely in really snug clothes. He loved episodes where Kirk could don a different costume. The later movie uniforms were a bit better, but Shatner was never a fan of dressing up. I think that's wrong. I think that's 100% wrong. Bill loves dressing up. He loves costumes and he loves hats, even though they look terrible on him. <laughs> I think he loves props more. Uh, that's true. He does love props more, but he does like to put on a fancy outfit. And I don't think he hated the uniforms. I think he thought that they were a pain in the ass because he couldn't gain any weight without it being, you know, very obvious that that was well, happening. Well, I know um, I had a friend who was really into TNG. And because of her, I learned that it was almost a tradition in Star Trek to say, I hate my spacesuit. You know, they all hated theirs. And apparently at one point, a lot of the TOS people had said, you know, we hate them too. So not really a big surprise. But, no. you know, Bill hating an outfit, you've seen how he dresses in real life. <laughs> so that's not exactly a slam on the designer. <sighs> yes. So, continuing on, number 15, Shatner was contractually obligated to have the most lines. Text. One reason co-stars disliked Shatner was his insistence on being the biggest name on the show. Literally. Shatner's contract demanded that his name be displayed in larger lettering than the rest of the cast during opening credits. Naturally, Kirk also had to have the most lines, which sometimes meant taking dialogue from other characters. It's little wonder that Shatner got a bad reputation. Who would appreciate these selfish demands? Well, we've talked about this before, and I don't know ah, so about the number times. of lines thing, but I know... The size of your name, and if it's shown first, second, third, or never, are standard contractual things that yes. an agent will go for. And if you, you know, let's say you're not well-known, you're not William Shatner, but you've got a fairly substantial role, um, and they want more money, what the studio might do is say, we'll, we'll, put him in the, we'll put his name in the opening credits, or we'll make it a little bigger. So yeah. it's a bargaining chip. But he was the star of the show. What, are they suddenly going to put, you know, DeForest Kelly at the top? That's it's just so, ridiculous, you know. It's, so. it's so stupid the way it's phrased, like demands. He was demanding these things. It was like, mm -hmm. actually, I think it was probably in the contract that they yeah. offered him yeah, when they some said of these, to him. Some of these articles just show such total ignorance of how things work. Really? There yeah. are, yeah, there's precedent, and that's how TV works. Um, so this was the most interesting one, and it's funny because it's about Enterprise. Uh, fans nearly got the evil Kirk back. This is number 11. Oh, Star okay. 
Star Trek Enterprise may be the less loved series, but it could have had a fantastic Kirk appearance. A proposed Star Trek Enterprise storyline would have the crew meeting what appeared to be a time-lost Kirk. In a huge twist, it's really the evil Mirror Universe version who takes over the ship. Shatner loved the idea of playing quote, Kirk as Khan. Unfortunately, Shatner was just starting his role as Danny Crane, so they couldn't fit it into his schedule. Too bad, as this would have been a great episode. I've never heard that. I was reading this just when I was doing some research on the um, very bad mirror episodes of Enterprise (laughs) that I talked about last time. This came up in one of the articles that I was reading. And yeah, they were casting around for ways to keep the ratings up and was like, well, who can we get to come back? Maybe we could get Bill to come and how would we make it work? And so I think Bill actually proposed this or maybe Bill and, um, you know, the Reeve Stevens or something. Right. It's uh, saying this is a way that we could make this work, right? Because Bill's not interested in just doing Kirk for Kirk's sake. He wants to make it something more than that. And yeah, he that doesn't was the want idea. to do a cameo. That's right. So they were saying maybe it could be the mirror universe Kirk as as Kirk is now, you know, as an old guy. Yeah, and old chubby he, guy. Old chubby guy. And he's attempting to, you know, foment revolution or do something or, or whatever evil Kirk would be wanting to do. And it sounded kind of interesting. But as it says here, they couldn't make it work. He was too busy. And yeah, you know, imagine him trying to do a thing on Enterprise and shooting Boston Legal full time. Right. Like, nah, that wasn't going to work. I wonder if he remembers anything about that. You know, because you can ask him about roles, especially the old ones, and especially mm-hmm. the guest roles mm-hmm. that um, he goes, I don't remember a thing about it. Yeah. You know, it might have been a one-day shoot. It might have been a three-day shoot. I went in, I did it, and that's it. Yeah. I. You know, I wonder if he would, because I know that there have been so many things proposed to him over yes. the years. But this went, sounds like it went beyond them saying, do you want to do this? And he said, no. Yeah. This sounds like there was some some thoughts, some you know possible involvement on his part on how this how this could work, what he would be willing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. I might do a little more research and see if I can figure it out. Yeah. Wow. So here's another thing that I don't think is true, and this is number nine. He never wanted the role in the first place. Ah, uh, no, that's no. Not true. <laughs> so here's what the text says. Not quite that. It's impossible to imagine anyone but William Shatner as Kirk, true, yet it almost didn't happen. Jack Lord was the first choice, but demanded too much money and a producer credit. I think that's true. Shatner was offered the part, but was uneasy. He was uncertain if the series would work, and he was under the mistaken impression that he was playing a different character. He took a chance, and the rest is history. Shatner crafted Kirk into an icon. I've never heard that he thought he was playing a different character. No, me neither. I don't and, think any of that's sorry, true. At that point, he wasn't getting the work like he had been getting a few years earlier. Yeah. And he has said, and I, I believe this, that um, for years he turned down doing a regular series because he was doing so well doing guest spots. Mm-hmm. And he liked the freedom of being able to go back to New York to do a play if he wanted, you know, and all that. But at this point, it was like, yeah, gimme, gimme, you know, mm-hmm. that he needed something So, I mean, maybe he had misgivings about the show itself. And if he did, you know, Roddenberry flew him into wherever they were to look at the pilot they had done with Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah. And Bill said, I think everybody needs to lighten up. Mm -hmm. And once he saw that Roddenberry was open to his ideas, maybe the series became much more appealing. 
I think that all that is true, and I don't think he he was uncertain if this series would work. I mean, once he actually talked to Roddenberry about it and they started, you know, mm-hmm. talking about who Kirk was, I think he was like 100% on board. And I think so, too, because he did so much science fiction. Yes, And yes. he has said as a kid he loved, you know, science fiction, reading it or, you know, anything he could you know, get his hands on. So, mm-hmm. you know, if all you've ever done is, you know, the the TV dramas, the serious ones, this might have seemed like a real stretch. Mm. Well, I think that the way that whole thing is framed is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so there's one other one that I wanted to point out here. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of these are, well, okay, two more. Okay. And then we, we will move on. This is funny. Uh, Kirk needed a lift on the set, number seven. Shatner has admitted his ego could be out of control on the set, but this is something else. Shatner felt he should stand tall over the rest of the cast, literally. The problem was that Shatner was 5'10", while Nimoy was six feet tall. Thus, Shatner wore lifts in his shoes. These lifts made him look taller. He also made sure that the scenes where Kirk stood... There were scenes where Kirk stood while Spock sat, and Nimoy was even told to hunch over a bit so as not to overshadow Shatner. That's pushing the ego a lot. Well, I'm sure he wore lifts. Yes, he did wear lifts. That's absolutely true. Um, I don't I, know about telling Nimoy to hunch over. I don't think so. He didn't have the greatest posture. But there's plenty of scenes where the two of them are standing together, and there are lots of scenes where Bill's sitting in the captain's chair because mm-hmm. he's the goddamn captain and Spock right. is going to come over and talk to him. I mean, there's lots of shots of him sitting and, and there's Spock on one side and there's McCoy on the other because he's the captain and he sits in his chair. And there's plenty of scenes where the three of them are all standing like in the corridor. And yeah. you can tell Bill is shorter than the rest of them. In fact, some fan, and it might have been Killa, wrote an article about this. Mm-hmm. And it was really good because she said... He's the shortest one, but he's mm-hmm. the one everybody looks to. Yeah. And not just because it's written that way, but because Jatner was embodying this man of command and, you know, the whole thing. And height really does not have anything to do with it. No, no, I absolutely not. So, yeah, I mean, he's the captain. He's the one you're going to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will quibble with one thing here that says the problem was that Shatner was five foot ten. I don't, I don't think he was that tall. <laughs> I don't think he was five foot ten. <laughs> I think he was like five eight. I think he was five eight or five nine on a good day. To yeah. Be perfectly honest. I was thinking about when we met him and we were standing mm-hmm. next to him at the ranch and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm pretty tall and he was considerably shorter than me. And I know he's an old guy now, but I don't yeah. think he was ever five foot ten. Yeah. <sighs> okay. okay. Last one. Um, number one in this list, he'll still play the role today. Hmm. Shatner appears to have hemmed and hawed about being Kirk again. In March of 2020, he made comments indicating he was done with the part completely. But just months later, Shatner amended his remarks to say that if the right story came along, he would love to be Kirk once more. It seems he's more likely to do it if Kirk has a considerable role rather than some cameo, but it's evident that Shatner has never forgotten that Kirk is what made him a star. He would love to sit in that captain's chair one last time. Well, I saw articles on both those things at that time that the March one, no, it's -hmm. not going to happen. And a month or so later, he was saying, well, if the right thing came along, I'd do it. So it might have just been a mood thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, these were articles, I don't remember what they were in, but I believe they were truthful, and he was being quoted. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, what's your take on it? 
Uh, I don't think he would do it again. I honestly don't. I don't think so either, because I don't think they'd offer him the right thing. Yeah, and I think it would be too much work, honestly. You know, there's a difference between what he says. Like, he doesn't want to do cameos, right? And a cameo Mm -hmm. means you show up on set for, like, two days, and you put on the uniform, and you do your thing, and you're done. If he really wants it to have more than that, then that's work and he's got to be on set and he's got to get up at five o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. to drive where it's like he's not going to do that he doesn't do that anymore he's going to want to be action kirk like he was 50 years ago that's right so i don't think there's any way that they could manipulate this to to have it be something he'd be interested and or would agree to do so i don't think he's going to be i don't think it's going to happen you know no no so. You know, but, you know, these list things are fun. They um, are, They're yeah. fun partially because sometimes you learn a little something like that mirror Kirk thing, which I never heard. And other times it's like, no, that's not how it happened. You know, <laughs> they've got the, the dates wrong, the names wrong, the oh, the whole thing, you know. Yep. But still, yeah, there's a big business apparently in listicles. Yes, very much. In fact, I should make a list mm-hmm. <laughs> of Ten things they've gotten wrong in Star Trek listicles. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. They would totally publish that at StarTrek.com. You should do that. Well, maybe I will. Uh, write that down. Totally do it. Totally do it. That, that That's your homework this week. Oh, this week I got to get it done? Gee, I have so much <laughs> laying around and dogs <laughs> petting to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's one other article we wanted to mention. We're not going to go into a uh, huge depth about it but it was published on sci-fi wire which is a nice outlet for the mm-hmm. sci-fi network and it's called a history of slash in six ships and it's i read it it's really good um so it it recounts again the history of slash fiction mm-hmm. and of course giving all the credit to the very first one which is kirk spock and i thought the discussion of it was really good and well referenced which was very nice and yeah i remember i read this one yeah <laughs> i'm and, scrolling through it now and i remember it yeah it's good um and they put it into good context mm-hmm. as to what was happening in fandom at the time and where zines came from and and um also putting it in the context i mean it opens really well I'll read it. The okay. original Star Trek premiered in the fall of 1966, two months after the Compton's Cafeteria riot and three years before Stonewall. Like, imagine that, right? Star Trek mm-hmm. before Stonewall. Homosexuality was listed as a mental disorder in the American Psychiatrics um, DSM and would be for another eight years. Homosexuality between men was still functionally illegal in the United States. And this is the environment in which the first generation of Slash fans, long before Slash was even called Slash, watched the show that would birth the Mother fandom, which is Captain <laughs> It y, is! And saw sparks between Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Spock. Fans had been up to their Vanish practices since time immemorial. Ask me about ancient Greek Greek ship wars sometimes. <laughs> but Star Trek fandom developed and codified what we now recognize as modern media fandom in contrast to the male-dominated traditional science fiction fandom, fanzines, fan fiction, fan art conventions, and of course, Slash. So I really like that setting the stage for what this was in a very like serious and... Um, you know, culturally significant way, because there are still too many articles about Slash that are like, oh, crazy women writing their weird erotica, mm-hmm. you know, like, what the hell's wrong with you for doing this? Um, and this just says, like, look at the times, look at what there was, and then it goes on to kind of document 
how Slash was originally circulated. There was a thing in here I didn't know, and now I got to delve into this a little bit more. Um, Joanna Russ, who is one of my favorite science fiction mm-hmm. authors, actually gave a talk at a panel in 1977 where oh. she talked about science fiction fandom and Slash in particular and Kirk Spock in particular. And I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. So now I got to go read it and I'll, I'll report back on that. But yes. um, so cool that you know she she talked about it and again dealt with it really seriously and looked at the roots and what it you know what she thought it meant and what it meant for science fiction and media consumption which i thought was really good um i don't know if it was this article because i'm not going to reread the whole thing now or a different one i read this was fairly recent and i have actually never encountered this idea before although it makes perfect sense to me um, it was one of these, why slash, why do women write slash? And there's a million reasons. But this one also brought up what they called the perfectly normal female interest in male-on-male sex. Oh, okay, cool. And I was going, well, yeah, I never felt like, you know, I was a perv or, <laughs> or needed help for, you know, writing this and reading it and enjoying it. But at least somebody out there goes, well, yeah, you know, it's like guys always want to sure. see girl-on-girl sex, but one comedian said, yeah, it's because we're hoping they'll have us join in. Of course, of course, yes. <laughs> but anyway, so I just want to bring that up. It might be here in this article. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, the rest of the article, for those of you who want to go read it, talks about five other pairings that are quite uh, well-known in Slash mm-hmm. Fandom, one of them being Starsky and Hutch, which I love because I remember watching that show even as a youngster and thinking, those guys are into each other. So, um, <laughs> You know that's... my friend Other Alan? Uh-huh. He calls it Starsky and Hard-On. Oh, definitely. It really is. <laughs> those guys have a big romance. I'm not even going to say bromance. They have mm-hmm. a romance that is going on, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the show Due South, which I never watched. It I was, didn't either. Uh, it was a Canadian uh, Mounties thing, mm-hmm. which apparently it was hugely well known. And then uh, Clark and Lex Luthor in Smallville, which was I remember reading about as something really big. Uh, John and Sherlock and Sherlock. And, and they're all Spar- still waiting for the secret episode. They are. They're still <laughs> waiting for the juggernaut to come. Yeah, the John Locke conspiracy. Yes. And then um, finally, Pin, Pin, Finn and Poe from Star Wars, which is a, a really big ship. And I think that's super cool. And both of those actors have been like, yes, this is cool, which I also really like. Okay. I don't even know who they are because I don't follow <laughs> Star Wars. I did want to um, in- interject one point. In case... Just in case, because I know people like this, there are people in our listenership who do not know what Stonewall was or the significance oh. of it. Mm. I just, and I knew the significance, but um, I just recently watched, it was a rerun of American Experience, which I think is on every PBS station, about the Stonewall riots. Mm. It's so informative. You know, they have a lot of like actual film. It's not people just talking about it. And some of it will absolutely break your heart. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like one of those things, you know, we're all becoming more aware of black history right now, which is great. We should also, those of us who are completely clueless on gay <laughs> history, should mm-hmm. know what Stonewall meant, what it did, the huge change it made throughout society. That's so right. So you can probably, you know, stream it from almost anywhere. But it is well worth it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's very parallel to the situation now, because as people keep pointing out over and over, you know, you don't get social change by asking politely. Yes. You know, and right now they've done that and (laughs) and it hasn't worked. Yeah, we've tried that and nothing Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, And it's it's all the things that are connected with it. You know, Um, right now, this week in America, everybody is like talking about the statues. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the big thing about the statues. And it is so true that people have been asking for decades to take those goddamn statues down of racists and slave owners. Mm -hmm. And it's not until people start pulling them down that they're going to come down. So yeah, sometimes that's the only way that change is going to happen. Right. So anyway, I so recommend, and the the thing that's different about uh, Stonewall as compared to what's going on with Black Lives Matter is yes, they had a few nights of riots at that, right around that area but then they decided to have a parade Mm -hmm. that they were going to march from Greenwich Village to Central Park and you know they were all terrified Mm because they knew the minute they got out of Greenwich Village God knows what was going to happen to them Mm -hmm. well people along the way watching kept joining in Mm. And by the time they got there, they were a huge crowd. And it was a pride parade. So it was revealing to them to Mm. see how many people, presumably a number of them straight, um, Mm -hmm. were going, I got no problem with you. Come out of the closet, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I, I got really teary, and the guys remembering it got really teary. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely see that. Yep. Um, amazing stuff. And, yes, we should all know our history because yes. history is extremely important. Well, that's awesome. So uh, some good stuff for you guys to read if you're interested in uh, the articles that we talked about. As always, the links are in the show notes if you want to see them. And I think we will try to plan another uh, watch along thing to happen sometime soon. So um, still trying to dial in that 2-7 thing completely. Sometimes you get a surprise, like when we tried to watch the scripts gone wild and it said, you can't do that on this platform. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one luckily, we are true. geniuses. We are. We figured out alternate methods to make things happen. <laughs> um, so, all of that is uh, really good stuff. And I'm just trying to think if there was any last-minute things that we needed to say. I don't think so. No, uh, come, I don't think so. Come, Come visit us on the Facebook group. There's always lots of stuff happening there Mm -hmm. and people are posting things and sending us links and it's all really good. And um, we will be back soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we just uh, put up a new show like yesterday or the day before. So there's new stuff for you to listen to. That's right. So we're going to try to keep them coming as much as we possibly can. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There is, um, oh gosh, I don't have it in front of me, but... There is a movement with all of the Star Trek podcasts and media to support and um, have money going to good causes right now mm-hmm. that, that, that support um, all kinds of social diversity and Black Lives Matter and things like that. And um, we are not one of them because we are not an officially recognized podcast. But Who you know. does the recognizing? Oh, you know, it's uh, the official ones that, that are approved by Paramount. Oh, okay. Like I understand that. All right. But, um, you know. It's 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 good. I like that there, you know, people who do Star Trek themed media are coming mm-hmm. together. I think it's called Star Trek United and it's really cool. It's like good. I'm glad you're doing that. That's a good thing. You know, we could do one. We don't have to be part of Star Trek United. 
That's true. We could do a fundraising thing at some point. Yeah. If we Let's want talk to. about that offline and sure. see what we want to do with that. That would be cool. Yeah, that is true. Good idea. Okay. Well, thanks for everything, listeners. We love having you out there, and it's so much fun for us to keep making these shows, and we're, we're just delighted that you're still sticking with us and listening yeah. to the show after all yep. these years. We love it. Yeah. So until the next time we speak with you, as always, live long and keep pot Pot Keep lucking. pot lucking? Oh, we're yeah, changing it. it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.